welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. It's been a month since we've done the Western Conference preview. Uh, all alters fault. In that span of time, the NBA almost ruined its relationship with um, another country. <laughs> a lot of drama going on. Preseason wrapping up. Dwight Howard's got dreads. Regular season starting next week to talk about uh, the last few weeks and talk about the Eastern Conference a little bit today. PJ, what up, man? What up? So, we're going to spend half an hour on the Bulls today, or what's no. the other No, I got, I, got, I got quick, optimistic takes on the Bulls. Okay. Well, that's good. So... We talking Western or Eastern Conference Finals or how far are we talking here? John Maybe the playoffs. Ooh. Well, that's pretty good. We got to um, tease that though for later. Can't give the people everything right away. Fair enough. So we got to talk about China and Daryl Morey's tweet heard around the world. Um, it wasn't heard. It was read. For if you were on Twitter for the for five minutes, it was up before you deleted it. So what you've heard out, is everyone's takes, but ours on this said topic. Yes, yeah. So PJ, tell I mean Daryl Morey's starting this whole thing to uh, LeBron's response, which has gotten a ton of visibility in the last few days. What did you think of the whole ordeal and how it impacts the NBA and what they do from here? Well, I think it's super, uh, I mean, I don't, we're, I definitely am not intelligent enough to like break down the intricate details of some of the stuff that's in there, but um, I mean, really like where it's standing right now is that ostensibly like people are holding up Daryl Morey as this uh, like moral, yeah, I don't know, righteous political figure. You know, oh, Daryl Morey stood up for Hong Kong and so people. But LeBron, he sided with China and a foreign government. And, dic- you know, and I don't necessarily think all of that is at play here. I think Daryl Morey, I, I, I don't think what LeBron, his public comments that he said like in front of reporters were necessarily like reflected his actual approach and thought process to it all but he didn't do a very great job of uh explaining himself or commenting on the situation in that moment and might be like this might be lebron's worst uh public i guess handling of any issue or anything uh in his career and Besides, maybe the decision is like the most upset people have ever been about anything he's he's done in the public eye. Uh, but like with that, it's just it, it's I I was been I've just been getting annoyed with the idea of essentially he misspoke, which you know I what I think his intentions were, and kind of in an athletic article that Shams wrote, it kind of alludes more to this idea that LeBron thought it was i mean because essentially daryl morey threw a grenade and wasn't there to like have to duck or you know he he released a a bomb from via a drone essentially and wasn't on the ground with those guys in china rockets were playing in uh japan i believe and you know the rockets are probably the most popular team if not like one of the top three most popular teams in China. So, like, people know who yeah. Daryl Morey is. Um, and for him to kind of just tweet that without thinking anything more, which I, I think it's pretty clear based on his actions, that he hasn't really defended what he said, what he tweeted, or, and like I said, it got deleted after five minutes. Like, there isn't really a a lot to say, like, that he tweeted that with like really trying to make a true statement, but what it did was just cause a shitstorm for literally the entire league. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the it's very fascinating. I think we could talk right. about we could be talking I mean, about this for yeah for two hours as far as the ramifications. 
Well, they have in China, if the NBA took one position on it or another, well, but they don't came out today and was uh, said that, and this is kind of a no duh, but the Chinese government was demanding him to fire Mori. They refused to do that, which I think is right. But in the end, it does seem like this is one of those things that is going to blow over, and we're going to kind of forget it happened a year from now, uh, or even a few months. Yeah. Ago. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an ongoing, but it's, I think, because once the actual games start playing and all that, people will focus back their attention towards that portion of it. And it's not like there's going to be protests or anything ongoing, but um, yeah, it just seems like LeBron's little misstep all of a sudden, like, oh, what about the more than just an athlete and this and that? And like, but I don't think just because LeBron comments on certain things and says, like, you know, calls our president a bum and stuff like that. Like, doesn't mean he's like has to speak on every single social, political issue that's going on in the world either. Right. Speaking on what he knows about and like, and especially that there's a lot of it's it's messy just because it's messy for everyone involved in this, from like the league and the players, at least because a lot of those guys have money like directly impacting them. Like, there's money that is at stake here based on what they say uh, from the Chinese government. Yes, especially in LeBron's case, like Adam Silver in the league too. uh, But so and Daryl Morey essentially just got to sort of, he's essentially got to be like that tweet, and this wasn't his intention, but got to kind of be like the Joker in the Dark Knight where he gets (laughs) just lighted up and like it caused all this chaos and, he doesn't really have to face any ramifications from that. Um, Besides being very close to fired. But. If he would have been fired, yes. that Like, he could have lost his job, sure. And, like, but he didn't. And, therefore, like, I think then, like, because some of the Shams article just, and we can move on from here. Because this is the only thing I think from it that could carry over. It's just the idea that, the Chinese government wasn't letting Adam Silver talk to the press, and uh, essentially Adam Silver was trying to get the players to voice like the league's like the league statement and try to run PR for the league. And LeBron sort of pushed back on him and was like, "Well, if any of us had said or done you know some something like this, like there's a chance we would have been." fine suspended like we could have had real consequences but like everyone's sort of just carrying water and and supporting daryl not even supporting but just like trying to give this guy the benefit and and bend over backwards to clean this up and move on rather than like and i don't disagree with this portion of like i think what he did was kind of reckless just from the standpoint of Tweeting out, knowing the the stakes that were made, and like not doing enough, and like just kind of fading away then from it. Like yeah, that's just the the part of it. He he created this chaotic statement, but he ends up not being the one that has to deal with any of the backlash, even directly. Uh, I think you're right, but if you say something like that, I don't think anyone with the Rockets or that represents Daryl Morey or the NBA in general is going to be like, yeah, Daryl, why don't you comment on this again? I think they're going to tell right. him, stay away from this. Do not say another thing. Delete that tweet, period. And we're just going to get things in a stable place. And then you just need to be yeah. very under the radar for the foreseeable future. Right. But I, I agree with you. It's kind of BS in the at the end of the day because yeah. he says he literally sends this tweet and we haven't heard a peep since then. Right and there have and Adam Silver, I'm sure, has just been a world of hurt. Um, not to mention every individual franchise. I there was I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast he came out with earlier this week and was saying that uh, there it was being reported that there were some players in China that were working on deals that were yeah. million bucks. And it's like that, and that got pulled, and it's just yep, a million dollars, and not like for these guys, that's not a ton of money for most, but for some, that's a pretty good chunk of change. So, um, it definitely hurts their. Hey man, I I don't care how much you make. I mean, if someone just costs you a million dollars, 
for if you lose a million dollars because you did nothing because someone else did something that you weren't involved in at all, yeah, I think you'd be pissed about that. Yes, I agree. So yeah, man, um, that's it. Seems to be dying down a little bit now. Um, the yeah. Big news today, however was that Bradley Beal signed an extension with the Washington Wizards for the next four years through the 22-23 season. Well, it's a two-year extension, yeah. Yep, yep. So not – it was a max for two years. But um, he – so I, I thought that this didn't – it wasn't as much of a surprise because they I'm, – I'm certain that they would have – they've had chances to trade Brad Beal – would have had chances this season. Now they cannot do that because of this extension. He can't be traded this year. But to me, it's a no-brainer for Washington. If you have more years attached to the guy when you're going, when you could potentially use him for a trade later, there's really no downside in paying Brad Beal. So I thought this was a no-brainer. Yeah, I was just interested to see that he wanted to sign that, given the state of the franchise and him. I mean... If it's you know if it, just to get the max money and all that and not really think of more about it and know you could still be traded. I mean, I, I guess if you you take it, maybe he's looking at Paul George's situation sort of and being like, well, if if another you know spot opens up or an opportunity that I want to go to, can that sort of suggest your way towards a team maybe? Um, but besides that, like, I just didn't understand the, um, I was just sort of didn't expect that, um, to be coming through. I, I don't really have a hard stance one way or another on why he shouldn't have, or should not have done it, but I think more than anything, it will all, all it really does is if you're a team on the side of like looking at future free agency pools in the next couple of years and. Now Bradley Beal's name's no longer eligible on that. It, it just it kind of more so affects I think those outside teams that maybe don't have a, a top twenty five player that are looking at it and go, oh, well, there's one more name off the list we can't. Well, that's the you know, thing is that hang our hat on maybe. If you would have asked me going in, going into this season, had this extension not occurred did i do you think that brad beal is going to be on the wizards by the end of the year i would have told you no i would have bet that he is he is going to be traded elsewhere and um it just seems because it all, all it takes the fact that the league is a little bit more widespread we the outcome of the nba championship this year is more uncertain than it has been in a long time uh, the Wizards will not be winning, no matter what uncertainty the exists. Not going to be winning, and all it takes is one other team that thinks that they have a chance to throw like a Godfather offer at Beal, just because like, hey, we may not have another chance at this again. Like the Warriors, they put it together with deloading, and they get Clay back, and they're a powerhouse again. And not to mention you still have LeBron and uh, and AD, and then. Kawhi and Paul George like this might be the year make it happen and that's not going to happen with Brad Beal now now it's like the bigger names that could that are we know are logically a possibility is K-Love seems to be the other the next biggest guy um, so Brad Beal was the definitely the biggest wing that can, but Lowry can still be traded, even though he signed an, at another year extension on his deal, right? I believe so. I haven't. Yeah. That's a good question, but I, I don't think many teams would be willing to trade for Kyle Lowry at this point. Mm, I don't know about that. Like, what team? What can, potential contender would be in in the need for a point guard? I don't know if you'd say direct contender, but like the Heat come to mind. Um, the uh, that was the first one I thought of. I mean, uh, outside of the Heat, I guess that their point guard situation is a little murky. I still think people sleep on Goran Dragic a little bit. I mean, he was, the Timberwolves. Yeah, they're just they're not going to be any in contention though. 
Well, I mean, they're about the same as the state, as the Heat are in, as far as contending goes. Not, uh, I would argue against that just because the Heat, because the conference. I think the Heat, I think their chances of winning the championship may be similar, but I think that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Playoffs. Heat, the Heat making the playoffs is really high. The Minnesota, Minnesota's not, not so Yeah, but Minnesota might need a, would maybe need a Kyle Lowry to make the playoffs. Yeah, I guess my point is I don't see that trade happening until later in the season, and I think by then, Timberwolves are not gonna have. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, I was thinking. I'm th- I thought we were talking about all of it in the context of like trade deadline stuff or player movement. Yeah, I'm just, that. I, yeah, I don't don't think Timberwolves are gonna be in it at that point of the year, but I hope you're. I hope that they are. Um, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think. Yeah, I alluded to maybe us talking about the Bulls quite a bit. I think there's plenty to say about Milwaukee and how that the offseason played for them. Expectations for Giannis, but they <laughs> they um the Bucks have the most uh, recognizable names on any roster. I think if you're, I wouldn't say like uh, casual or you know so, but if you follow the league at all like to a decent clip like <laughs> if you're 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 on nba twitter so like basically everyone on the bucks now are like is a name they're just all like they're all guys you've heard of which is just kind of funny yeah i mean they picking up kyle corver and west matthews this offseason certainly gave them and, and robin, robin lopez. lopez yeah even more name recognition that's for sure the Lopez brothers being on the same team, that's very fun, but I don't know. Yeah. It's its a fun conversation about the Bucks, and it's fun to talk about the East just because, I mean, I think that the Bucks are considered the favorite. Um, I think it's the Bucks or the Sixers. Sixers if you want to, if you want to. Really, really the only other team, and I, I think they're, I, in general, do I think it would have made more sense to bring back Jimmy? Instead of Al Horford, yes, I don't. I think that ship had sailed. But if you are left with Al Horford or the remaining free agent class at that time, I think Al Horford's a pretty good guy to have. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the side of the Al Horford thing. The more like thinking back on it, I don't really recall what I said during it, but I am pro it from Philly's perspective because I think. Looking at all the other teams, like that, it's for me at least. It seems like Philly, it's Philly and, and and Milwaukee are the the two lead horses out the gate as far as title as far as making it out of the East into the finals for this year. Um, and I think what Philly did was by adding Al Horford has a lot of really good Giannis answers directly on that roster. Um, that if those two ended up match up together in an Eastern Conference Finals, that would give them the Bucks a lot of problems. Uh, I don't know what it long term what it <laughs> it means title contending wise, but as far as just the idea of hey, we got to secure the Eastern Conference first and and get these guys out of the East. The, this team is built the the Seventy uh, Sixers are built as good as any other team out there. Um, I think the Bucks are going to continue to be a very good regular season team and will probably secure the, the one seed when it's all said and done still because they're going to win a lot of regular season games. And I think Philly will kind of hold court and make sure that whatever they do, they keep Joel and beat healthy. Um, but I, I think on the offensive side, the Sixers are going to be, if they can make it work, is going to be scary then. Because I, but I do think like that that top seven guys they have, even, you know, yeah, let's say it's a top seven dudes probably. That's a damn good like defensive, guys being able to go in multiple positions and just the, the flexibility they have there. That, that top end of that roster is, probably the best in the east yeah i would i would agree with that i mean they're starting five 
it's tough to argue against their starting five being the best. It's just they. Just I mean, Ben Simmons is hitting threes now, guys. They don't have the best players, so that's their disadvantage, right? But uh, Embiid and what he could possibly do this year is fun to think about. I mean, definitely hoping for another healthy season from him. Although, I think that they could. With now they have Al Horford. I mean, I don't think those two guys should be playing more than, I'd say, max of 50 games sharing a court with one another. I, I hope the Sixers are resting both of them quite a bit. Or I think it makes sense, too. Yeah, play more than 50. I'm excited to see what Simmons does this year and if he can expand his range a little bit and not just hit threes when he's, like, chucking buzzer beaters and is actually, like, taking catch-and-shoot threes, at least a few a game, I think would go a long way. Um, but what I keep coming back to in the East, I was thinking about this today because the Bucks and Timberwolves are about to play a preseason game tonight. And I just can't think of another team, even outside of the Sixers, that could beat the Bucks in a seven-game series. Um, it's those, I mean, it's those two. <laughs> Can you but think of a team that's going to beat the Sixers in a seven-game series, like just at this moment in time? I think most people would probably throw out the Celtics, uh, but they, they really have, they cause each other. Ma- well, I, I think <laughs> Ennis can't. I mean, the, the Celtics should have a pretty solid offensive team, but it all kind of hinges on how well Kemba Walker fits in. I don't know. Did you watch this summer? Did you watch this summer? The Celtics lost. Uh, the Celtics couldn't even get third place in the <laughs> in the FIBA games. Yes, this is true. I cannot. I cannot claim to have watched much of of FIBA this this summer. I didn't watch any of it, but I know the Celtics didn't win it, and it's that was weird. the half the team was the the Celtics. <laughs> I'm not putting too much weight in that whole thing. Giannis, Giannis even came out uh, now that he was back in the pre- like uh, comment that he had during this preseason was just that he felt like there was no like this just talking about how little space you have playing internationally and that oh, it just yeah. feels like he's like unlocked now that he's back playing in NBA style basketball. So I don't hold too much weight in that. But no, to answer your question, no. I mean the Pacers, if we could have a healthy Victor Oladipo from the get-go and, and maybe seeing what he's looking like now, I, I could at least entertain that. Obviously, yeah, yeah that's... Nets, if the Nets have a healthy KD, that's a much different conversation. But for this year, that'll be our like those yeah. two and then everyone else. Ultra. We're doing, a, we're doing the Eastern Conference preview, not a preview of the Eastern Conference preview pod of next year. Because mm. then, then we can talk about the Nets being in there, but... Yeah, good point. So I, I, I do think – so here here would be my question. Like, I want to understand from you if the following things happen. I'm not saying I think they're going to, but if the following things happen, how many games do you think the Bucks are going to win this year? Giannis, no better, no worse. Same guy. Same stats. Nothing different. We get a Chris Middleton who – regresses a little bit in three-point shooting, not as great of a playmaker, but overall, solid role player. You get the playoff version of Eric Bledsoe. So, does and does can, Eric Bledsoe being hurt and missing the first, you know, beginning of the season, does that also kind of count as Eric, playoff Eric Bledsoe? Sure. And then... Uh, <laughs> it's probably actually more positive than... Yeah, that's kind of how I play off Eric Bledsoe. And then Brooke Lopez shoots thirty-two percent from three rather than forty plus. <laughs> I mean, how I many, think that how, if that team, what happens? Are they winning? I think they're still probably going to win sixty games. <laughs> if that, if all those things happen, you think they win sixty games? They'll be so 55, 60 games. I mean, they've got they've got enough. Of these, I, I will say this that like how that roster is constructed, they've got a lot of redundancies across that team. 
that if war like I don't think all of them can do that every night. I mean, yeah, if, if for the season, yeah, whatever. There there might be some closer games, but I think in general, I mean, if Giannis is still putting up numbers like on the MVP last year and, and performing at that level, they're still going to win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, I, so I guess my point is that they're just so above and beyond. I just think they're the, the most sure thing and maybe all basketball going going into this year when it comes to be able to do in the regular season. Uh, I, in the Eastern also, Conference or just – Regular season wise, you mean, or like? I think who would name another team that you'd be more comfortable saying that they are going to finish at X place in the East or West? Like I, I think that you can make an argument. Oh. for many teams in either conference that things could go the right or wrong way, and that they. I think the playoffs. I think the Bucks are. I mean, this, you could certainly say the same about the Sixers, but the well, Bucks, I mean, if the, Bucks, the if Giannis is. Uh, I'm not going to speak into existence, but if, if as long as Giannis is on the court, yes, that's right. Fair. I would say that another argument would be like the Nuggets regular season wise will probably be top three in the West, but that's kind of the same thing as like is Jokic on the court? Yeah, they probably. I think they'll they'll be fine. Right, same deal. Um, but I think the Sixers are, are a close one as well. If like the yeah, I mean the Bucks and the Sixers are are so much better, just talent wise right now, in, in this this portion you know looking projecting out and as anyone else in that team and that that side of the conference. Yeah, I mean I agree that they're definitely as close to a thing too, but I still can Al Horford still stop Giannis in the playoffs? He yeah. And if he can't, and Joel Embiid... This past year, he didn't. He still kind of did. I mean... did He give a, He gave him a tough time for a game, and then the Bucks won the next four. I mean, I, it's... But I, that I, was... I'm not counting I'm not counting on that as much anymore. Is, is he the most qualified on that team? Yes, but I think that's where things... Be, but, but between Giannis... So if Giannis has to go up against... Horford and Bede, Simmons, and Tobias. Like it's he's he might be able to knock like have his way with one of them or like beat one of them and not. But then like they're just gonna pull him out and put someone else on him. Like it would be that would be a difficult that would be a difficult series for him. I. I, the, when I think about their lineups and some of the things they can do, I'm really fascinated with using him at the five, and then you have him on the court at the same time with uh, Wes Matthews, George Hill, um, Kyle Korver, and either Lopez or Ilyasova. I mean, I just think they're even better equipped this season with the amount of shooting they have around him. I think their playmaking could suffer, obviously, because Brogdon not being there, that will that will hurt. Yeah. Really good. Um, I'm just... I, I'll, I'll probably be eating my words on the Brogdon thing at some point. You just don't... I know. You, we've talked about that a little bit and their decision not to sign him, and I think you were... You felt better about that decision than, than I did. I, well... Given and I mean this is this is my general. It was just that, given the fact they they decided they felt compelled to sign Eric Bledsoe in the middle of the season, to extending Bledsoe when they did, then it kind of sealed the fate for Brogdon. I having if I could have seen, I mean, I, and that was my hesitation with the Bledsoe thing was like, can we see him in the playoffs one more time before we extend him? And then make that decision, but I mean, Brogdon's had some injury issues. He's missed some time the last two years too, um, little chunks there, and so I don't know. It, it was it was something like I wasn't gonna lose sleep or, or say like a pivotal. I don't think when we look back on the, this era of Bucks basketball, we're gonna point to the Malcolm Brogdon 
leaving is like, well, things just really unraveled from there. I think it'd be a combination of that and tying up their cap. I mean, they they just don't have cap space. Yeah, but that's that's just tying up the cap in the wrong people then, versus like, but it right, wasn't. But the timing is the same. Is my only point. Yeah, but if you you gave, but I just don't think like we're not going to see Malcolm Brogdon become James Harden or you know have some sort of breakout season now that he's on the Pacers. I think you're gonna, he's he's just pretty much a base like level, and you know what you're getting. And I don't know if. I personally don't think what well, he got paid by Indiana and everything like he's not that tier of player that I'm paying that kind of money to. I understand that. Um, but I am excited to see India. I mean, so I guess if we're like kind of looking through the rest of it, um, I mean, like what teams are you excited about in the East that aren't? The Sixers just to watch, or, or you just mean from a success? What are they going to do this season? Every like you think there could be like I'm interested to see if they're bad, they're good, they're what they look like. The I heat, mean, the Heat and what they do they they are the most uh, talked about team when it comes to making a trade for Chris Paul or another piece. They have, I think, the contracts to do it. They have very little draft capital so that's going to make things a little tricky but even if their roster stays pat tyler heroes look good and might be like a decent rotational guy this season at least a guy that can hit threes for them they have better playmaking now than they have had and since the the heatles uh they i think they're going to be significantly better they finished as the 10 seed last year they missed playoffs by a few games i think that they easily could contend for the the five seed um it's just a matter of what kind of what version of jimmy butler yeah. are we getting because we the the, vis, the version we saw last year was uh one that didn't give a shit in minnesota and then when he was in philly other than some really big crunch time moments he was just kind of another cog in the machine rather than a focal point and he will be the focal point in Miami, and they have, I don't know, they have... Just how he wants it. Yeah, no kidding. But they have a lot of shooting. Goran Dragic, a lot of injuries last year. Hopefully he'll be healthy this year. We'll see if he's even on that team by the end of the year. Um, I think they're very interesting. Uh, Is there anyone that you kind of more under the radar that you're excited to watch other than the Bulls? Um... I'm just mad about the well before just my one thought on the heat is I'm just mad that Jimmy's gonna kill the the point justice Winslow vibes pretty hard and try to take those on and he's just he's gonna be I, I hope this is the time when everyone just turns on Jimmy and just like so now he puts on a heat jersey and he's like somewhat looks like can be accepted as some villain or something people are just gonna be out on him being just like a the corny duty is, but I hope he has. I hope he enjoys his time in Miami. I really do. Hope he gets everything he wants out of that. And I just don't really want to hear or see much of it <laughs> outside of the basketball. But um, I, I, I'm, and they're not. They are a popular team to watch because they're on at six Central time. So I'll definitely catch some Heat games this oh, year. Oh yeah. But, uh. Won't be Hornets games. Just the bas yeah, the the basketball itself is not going to be the most fun. I mean, the the Hawks and Cavs. Yeah. Are, you can talk in, yourself into both of them because they do have some fun young players. Uh, the Heat, I think more, or excuse me, the Hawks more so. Uh, Trey Young, second season. What's going on with yeah. that? You get a John, a healthy John Collins for the entire year. Two first round draft picks. Uh, and having a ton of wing depth. Um, Cam Reddish, I think, is a really fascinating prospect because he kind of he's got a, a build. He's not quite as lanky as KD, but he's, his game and his feel is... I don't think it's a terrible comp. He's just not as good, no. obviously. Uh, but the guy, can, the guy can shoot and has good hands and watched a little of the preseason game last night, and he just... He, he looked good. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm excited I'm, to see what they do. I'm really, I, the Hawks would probably be it, but I don't know if I would call it a sleeper because I think that's that's got to be like most people's one or two pick when it comes to the East. Like that'll be a very intriguing team when we do our uh, our league pass preview on the next episode. They might be in my in my top five. Uh, but yeah, they're they're one. I was gonna say though, and I, I don't know if I can say this will be the case for the full season, but at least the first half of the season, uh, I'm really interested to see about like the the Raptors, just what the post Kawhi Raptors look like, um, kind of coming back through. Um, because I mean they have a lot of basically poor man pseudo replacement Kawhi type guys on that team now where you look Stanley Johnson they signed in free agency OG's coming back I mean like OG was was really one dude I'm interested just to see if how much of the Kawhi gap he can fill because we're pretty high on him and then he had a really like up and down season last year and really just got phased out of the rotation by the time the playoffs came around but like him being back and seeing like what amount of his role can help fill for Kawhi's absence uh, will be interesting. And just like yeah, that team like coming off as champions, how they handle it. Um, and when you look at the landscape of the West, like the current, the do you think like the current Raptors are better or worse than let's say like the Magic or the? better coach yeah do you think do you think they're better than the nets right like with current nets i think they're better i mean i i'm not super high on the nets this year uh i am curious what the hell they're gonna do with uh deandre jordan how much time he's realistically playing and i don't i think kyrie irving is just kind of who kyrie irving is and that's okay I think we can maybe see a slight variant to how he plays with KD, but at least for the time being, he, um, see, I think the nets, I think the nets are going to be, I mean, the nets will be, I'm interested in it only because of the Kyrie stuff, because that's, I think that, I think that they're interesting and I, and like Kyrie Irving is really good. He's going to get you 23, 24 points a game seven to nine assists a game he's gonna get you that and he's gonna have some amazing plays if he stays healthy though on that like that's really my thing is like how many games he'll end up playing because i could see with those guys and essentially just the the circumstance of him getting to go there and choosing to be there and kind of I hopefully immerse himself more and build some rapport with some of those other players in that locker room. And like, I mean, I really like the idea of him playing with like next to Spencer Dinwiddie and just the different and, and Karis like the different combos of guys in lineups they can put around him. If, if he really does it right, like he could have an amazing season get this year. And not have to really do more than what he did in Boston. And, I, and I'm thinking more of Boston in his first year. Last year was, um, and I think he's going to need to because there's a lot of people that aren't going to forget that playoff series, that last playoff series with the right. Celtics. I won't forget. Like him in the against the Milwaukee, and that was that was upsetting. I was I was disappointed in a guy that like is one of my probably three or four top like when it comes to guys I will sit my butt down and want to watch play just because I'm love watching them play like Kyrie is in that conversation because he's just fun to watch play basketball and it was not fun watching him play basketball in that playoff series he was he he like just yeah, legitimately was like I was like man, dude, that's that's a bummer. I can deal with all the other weird shit that you do and say and all that, but like man, you do that like all right, just please. And it was literally just like please go somewhere that you'll never do 
that again because that was just a bummer. Yeah, I um, I hear what you're saying. I just it, this is a team that played the Sixers pretty tough on series with them, and they did not have Kyrie Irving. They had um, they had D'Angelo Russell. Um, so they have a they upgrade there. They will have KD. That will be huge. But for the time being, I just think that that's kind of their ceiling, even with Kyrie. Uh, he hasn't given me a reason to think that that guy can just take over a playoff series uh, by himself. Just haven't seen it. And this is well. This is the first time ever. They this is he is where he wants to be. He chose it. So maybe that brings the best out of him. I hope so. I just, mm-hmm. I cannot. He's been in the league a long time. Haven't seen it up to this point. I can't predict that. But Nets are going to be interesting. Yeah, you can, you should never. <laughs> you should not be in the Kyrie Irving no, predicting business. Is, uh, yeah, That's no, a bad no. business to be in. Uh, we should talk about the Celtics briefly because they. They get some buzz for maybe they should be the all... third best team, and maybe they are. I like. I really like Kemba Walker. <laughs> I think this team is going to be downright yeah, I bad do too. on defense. Outside of Marcus Smart, they've mm-hmm. got some serious problems. I mean, I think Jalen Brown is a good two-way player too, but Kemba, Jason Tatum, Cancer, those three guys, they're not going to do you any favors on defense. They're going to – they're, I think – because Kemba is going to be, I think he works a little bit better with them, with that roster than Kyrie did, and he chose to be there. It's just another thing like Kyrie, clearly for the last 60 games last year, just wasn't really interested in being in Boston. Kemba is hopefully excited, and Gordon Hayward, what kind of Gordon Hayward we see will be interesting, because if we get... Yeah, I, from three years ago, which is unlikely, but if that's who you get, they could be really, really good. They, yeah, that if Gordon Hayward's like his last year in Utah, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll keep some of my slander away from the Celtics, but you gotta kind of be disappointed if you're like you. I don't know what Celtics fan is like right now is is amped for the season. Like, I, I think it's once it starts, if they have some success to being in it, season great. Um, but there's nothing about this team that's exciting. No, Last year was just sort of just a dud for them overall. It was not a fun season. They And, and just, but for how much, like, all the Celtics fans were acting and just everything they were doing coming off that... Eastern Conference Finals sweep from LeBron, like two. They everyone's feel the Celtics fans were feeling themselves last year. I think a lot of the Celtics players were as well, and I, I hope that was more of a humbling sort of, especially for some of the younger guys to realize it. But like even the front office, the coaching staff, like everyone, I think was reading a lot of headline clippings about themselves. Yep. I mean, and to lose Kyrie, lose Al Horford, not really, and have any, you know, have anything Davis basically said, I won't, I would never resign here. I don't care how many assets you are, you've got. And ultra, I just, I mean, when I think of their off season, I just, it's, it's just, it's just laugh track central, man. I think that most Celtics fans would be pretty thrilled with if you, if Kyrie walks, if I can get another top ten point guard in the league. I think that most fans would take that. But ah, Kemba's great. I hope Kemba has a great time. I hope he enjoys the city. I hope he it's a great season. I want nothing but good things for Kemba. But I just yeah, I I, I don't think the Celtics. I think the Celtics might be. I would rather have the I. I Say Toronto, like Toronto versus Boston will be an interesting comparison of like who's better there because that's kind of the tier I see them in right now, at least. If if Tatum and Jalen Brown can take a step up, and maybe you know, just maybe not having Kyrie will help everyone, and that will all kind of go back to a couple years ago how they were all playing, but 
I, 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 I'm not sure if Enos, adding Enos Cantor into that to replace Al Horford, I think, I mean, that's a disservice to Al Horford and everything. Because he just, not even just what Al Horford did for them on the basketball court, but off, like, the leadership aspects and everything that comes with Al Horford being on your basketball team. Like, Anderson is, he's not that. He's, he's somewhat of a clown, a troll. Um, and, I, yeah, it just, it doesn't, they're not going to be, I don't know. Wow. I'm going to enjoy yeah, watching them lose basketball games this season. I think. Basketball games. This, give me your give me your spiel on the Bulls and why you're optimistic or pessimistic about what they might do. Well, I'm not gonna. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a couple questions I still have, and I'm just I'm not gonna be a boiling guy. This is all going to be, I'm just going to try to ignore everything to do with Tibbs Light. I'm just going to like pretend he's not there. Just he's just going to kind of have him be in the corner. Because really at this point, uh, I'm very comfortable with making this statement. And I'll be proven wrong. And uh, this would be great for me if I'm proven wrong. I win either way. Like Jim Boylan's not going to be the coach around this one if the Bulls get a legitimate superstar or get someone. And if they become a serious contender at all, even in the East, Jim Boylan's not going to be around. So whatever. Let this just be the whatever hardo, weirdo team he wants to be. But what he can do is like at least not get in the way of the development of these players. And I think he'll do that. And I will say for their offseason and everything, like loved getting Kobe White. Excited to see what his first year where he comes and just the development he has. I really just need to see, like, Laurie and Wendell, and I, I need this the Bulls to have a good stretch of healthiness because um, they have had some really bad luck injury-wise. But I'll say based on their overall, like, the, the offseason they had, and at this point, Cristiano Felicio is the big baby Brazilian is the worst player on that team. Um, they're paying him way too much, obviously, but like the baseline of talent has risen on this team in one off season, um, and I, you have to, you do have to give the front office credit for that. And I think because of that, like just the the baseline level, they have legitimate pro basketball players across that roster now, and, and like that's optimistic as far as the development of Wendell and Zach Levine. Like I think Zach Levine's set up to have a really good season this year if he can stay healthy. I hope Wari can do the same. Uh, he's added a ton of muscle again, and like a weird bullsh thing that's happening now is like stretch four adds a bunch of muscle in the offseason, gets immediately hurt, and then like loses all that muscle and is rehabbing and like. So if those guys can all make it through training camp, start of the season, everyone's healthy, and we're not waiting for anyone in delays injury-wise, I think that's really important for this team because they've not had that for a few years. Um, and it just it comes down to it's, it was even this way with Fred Hoiberg. Like, they, they were competitive in some games they probably shouldn't have been, and they, just, they, they would perpetually mess up and screw things up in the fourth. I think like a third year round of that isn't going to happen as much. I think they're going to win some of those games. They're going to learn to win together. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about this all as well in the next episode, like over unders and stuff. But I think they're sitting at like was it thirty four, thirty five games. Like I could, I could, I've I've convinced myself at least that they could oh, be think, a forty win team this year hinges, easily. It, it all hinges upon what. You see and, Zach Levine. If he is as good or even better than last year, then it's possible. I think you also need to get better point guard play out of Kobe White in order for that to happen. Um, yeah, or you just... You well, Sam Ransky is going to be really it, like huge for them solid, that way, too. and just Solid point guard play, solid ball handling play. They'll have it, Sam yeah. Ransky or Kobe White or some combination thereof. And auto porters, yeah. He, and he, as you should, and if you have auto porters, this means some Zach Levine probably too. And hitting 
forty percent from three. Um, you know they have they the Thad Young signing I like. Uh, it's, he'll be good for them, and I think that he you can play him and Lori well, particularly yeah. well. That's just uh, yeah. I think him and Wendell Carter Jr. is a little bit bruising, but I think it work. He, I mean Thad Young can at least hit a jumper. Uh, so yeah, I mean they're good young roster, not not in a place that they would have money for a max free agent for another two years, but that's when you want money. So I, I all all in all, I think that team is pretty well set up. You just need yeah. you need Lori to take a step forward, or you need Kobe to really work out. But you the Bulls, there's op, there's a reason to be optimistic about them. Yeah, I mean they. Well, I mean we were going last year. No one thought. I mean, like the Orlando Magic can make the the playoffs and and win one game against the Raptors with a every every stretch for like just every in tweener forward in the NBA. Bulls can make the playoffs in the East, and they have much more like a, attractive. Like interesting, talented players, like they're and they could play Magic basketball. They could be grindy and gritty and do all that stuff. But like, there's actual some like more. There's way more potential in the Bulls roster than sits with the well. I'm just the Magic roster and like you look at that. Like Magic, I thought everything everything that they did and are doing just makes no sense. And this is coming from someone that roots for a franchise that does not go to the playoffs very often. I understand why. You want to have competency and be there to try to make the playoffs. And maybe I will be eating crow on this when Markel Fultz ends up being a top 10 point guard this year and that team is top three in the East. But I just don't see that happening. Um, and I just thought the decision to the to sign, re-sign Vooch just screws up they're young assets they've drafted, and it just doesn't seem to make, doesn't add up. So, not excited about the magic. Um, let's. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other big predictions for the Eastern Conference, though, PJ? I just mainly wanted to flex on the Bucks and Sixers. Um. I mean, I do. I you kind of stuck some of my like Cam Reddish thoughts. I think Cam's gonna. I, I think Cam's gonna end up being a little better than people were feeling about him going into the draft. Um, Hell yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm just excited in general just to get basketball back, man. But I think I'll have more. I have more just league. I, I like. I've I've really been looking at this whole thing and. There's a lot of stuff like league pass wise I'm really interested in. There's not really any predictions of stuff I can think of where I'm like, oh, this is gonna be the whatever. I I just think with this season in particular how it's setting up, like I think they're the regular season for people who were bitching complaining about that. Like I think you're gonna get a lot more substance maybe in the the regular season, or at least people are gonna be willing to entertain games and like there's going to be more takeaways that people are going to project on some of this stuff granted i don't think a lot of it's valid or whatever but of projecting regular some regular season matchups and stuff for playoff series but there's going to be just like some really good games um every night uh yeah i uh It'll be cool. It's just, yeah, I think it will be. It's gonna be good to just have real basketball back again. I, I definitely think there's a buzz going into the season. It's just overall, it's been missing for a little bit just because of the the overhaul. I mean, you've got yeah, literally like half the league changed teams and just all that. So can't even play the game after these games start of oh, yeah. I mean, seeing if will, there were anyone that you forgot went to a different team. Looking at rosters quite a bit in the last few days, trying to avoid said surprise. 
from hit from coming my way, but we'll see. I'm sure I'll forget some. I mean, uh, reminding myself that Nikola Mirotic does not even play in the NBA anymore is uh, something that I'm struggling to remember. So um, I agree. It's going to be a great season. More question marks than ever as far as who the hell is going to win this thing. And uh, it might be the Bucks years, dude. So... Giannis, Giannis might do it, so there's a lot to be excited about. But let's let's move to our last couple segments here. The first of which I'm excited to debut this. This segment is called "This Week in the Internet with Ultra." Um, this was your idea, so I will let you explain what it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a future segment we're going to be doing here. Um, I don't know if I have a real good contender for you this week, but since Ultra doesn't have a Twitter account, I think what we're going to be doing this season is, um, oh, I've got one. Um, see, it's mainly it's a test to see how much, since Ultra doesn't, uh, is stubborn and won't reaccess his, his Twitter or basically, you know, engage in any sort of social media aspects of the world. Um, especially when doing a podcast about a league where a lot of stuff happens on the, the interwebs, especially on Twitter, but there's often certain events and, and things that occur that, uh, ultra misses. And I bring them up thinking, of course, ultra saw that. Why would I assume he saw, didn't see that he should see it. And oftentimes he doesn't. So, um, because of that, um, this week's, uh, it's a small one. It's not as big. There's, there's, there'll be more to this bit later, but um, well, I guess I got two of them. Uh, nope, we'll just do the one. We'll keep it to the one. Did you see? Uh, I saw that the Pope. Who tweeted at the uh, New Orleans Saints last week in Ultra? Ah, so you did see that one. Okay, okay. Okay. So you're one for one. I want to give you an easy one. They're gonna get harder. Um. Hey, Did you, um, no, nope, that might be the only one I've got. Uh, no. Did you see the Ellen controversy? I heard about this. I did not. That I she got photographed with George Bush at the, oh yeah. It's not really almost an ear, it's sort of an ear, I think. Uh, well, nonetheless, you'll, you'll have some more of those, but there that is, was I believe there is a meatball minute this week. I, well, I'm going to save the meatball minute for next week. For our, I think the meatball minute is going to be okay. served well, then the very best once we on the cusp of the season starting. Um, I want to shout out. Uh, I got two shout outs. First would be uh, Luol Deng retired as a bull today. So shout out to him. Uh, probably my favorite bull from the baby bulls into the Derrick Rose era of, of bulls basketball. Um, so much love to, much love to Waldang. Great career. Uh, my second shout out would be to Walking uh, Phoenix as the Joker. Um, haven't seen it. It's definitely worth going to see. For his performance, I, in general, on the movie and some of the messaging and themes within there, I can't say, like, I don't, and I won't say much more about it just because of how it lays out. But as far as a single, like, acting performance and something that I will never forget is, is watching him and he is captivating on the, in that movie. And it's a, it's one of the most memorable performances, um, saw that the first weekend it came out um still it's like still stuck with me it's 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 wild it's uh definitely definitely worth especially as we get closer to halloween here i think it's 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 good it's just i mean it's a it is a fascinating performance so Uh, that's how i'll kind of end that thought john wick three which i finally saw and i think might be the best of the three i'm not i'm 
I feel pretty confident saying that it was best of the three. I've enjoyed all of them. It is very, it is very good. It's, uh, see, it is, um, it's got the essences of so much of the movies of what you love, just, and it's just all that, like, bottled up. It's like if you butt-chugged all of those things or just, like, shot it straight into your veins, um, it's real for for to do three of those movies and like how that third one is for it to be the, as good as it is 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 an accomplishment in and of itself um i do not think i can say it's better than the first movie just because without the first movie there's nothing else like i will not touch that and just the experience of watching that first movie the first watching the first movie as many times as i have and just still getting the excitement and everything I am interested to see if I get any diminishing returns on the third, but I will say I do think it's, and I still, yeah, it's better than this. It's I enjoy it better than the second, for sure. But as a trilogy, Ultra, is it not one of the best trilogies ever? I want, I want to watch all three of them very close to one another. We should do that. We should. It was great. Just on a loop. Just do them all. Just on a loop. Um, we should do that for a segment. We should no, try to. We should pick five, like five, our top six. three trilogies, or we do top five, I guess. But I thought doing top. I think doing top threes of a trilogy is a. But let's. Yeah, you know, it's got a good. Uh, so the, I have two shoutouts. Irony behind it. It's not. It's not even unique because I think just about everyone's seen it up to this point. I really, really enjoyed and thought El Camino was good. So no spoilers. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, fine. Okay, no, so I'm. Wasn't aware that I've got five episodes left of my Breaking Bad rewatch. I think I would like to do that and rewatch it and go into the movie. Yeah, you'll like it. It's good. No spoilers. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I I have no anti- I have no issue I have nothing on no doubt in my mind I'm gonna enjoy it but I'd wanted to I thought I was gonna be able to get through all of it in the last like couple weeks right or like the last week or and a half before it came out kind of I, my schedule got thrown off a little as far as powering through all of it so I just got through uh. Yeah, the tenth episode of season. So yeah, I've got six left of season five. But the rewatch is—I will say this off the rewatch. Um, I'm pretty calm, and I know some of this comes from watching Better Call Saul too. Is my influence of this, but like Mike is for sure my favorite character in that show. Now, I mean Gus is Gus was like number one is everything, but. For the, the way the character yeah, stretches out, great. like he's low key. Mike is Mike's the man. Guy, but love Mike. Um, I yeah, tough to picking a favorite. Oh, it's so much better. Like oh, he's so good. It's it's too difficult, but but. But I will say when you want watching it, so when I doing this rewatch, I was really like, I feel like more hyper focused on everything Jesse was doing just because of the movie. And like I think like I always like just had this broad thing of like Jesse kind of is just a shithead and so like uh, he really is only a shithead for like one season, like a season and a half ish. But much, much less. I mean, granted, he's like depressed and it, you know, stuff like that. But like, but overall, like overall, if you take the five seasons, yeah, I think Walt might be more of a shithead than Jesse. I agree with that. I would. I mean, there, Jesse is never. Yeah, he's always doing sketchy shit. But in general, I agree with you. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk more Breaking Bad once you watch it. We'll have to talk more Breaking Bad when you once you watch it. Yeah, but I just mean is uh, like we'll close yeah. It up. Yeah. 
episode yeah. early next week. We'll talk about over unders. Talk about league pass teams that we're looking forward to. Right around the corner, man. I'm excited. I uh, I forget. I think we get Lakers Clippers day one. Um, and I forget what the early game is, but Tuesday night. It's. It's um. Isn't it um Raptors and. I'll tell you. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah so Pelicans, Raptors, Clippers, Lakers. Two, two fun you get Zion. Games. Zion, we didn't talk about him today. Get Toronto. I think 22-plus points a game this preseason and shooting above 70% from the field. Preseason doesn't mean much. That's not a bad thing. So, <laughs> I am amazed Dude, the Zion hype is the Zion is the thing. The Zion is gonna be a thing. Um, is there any reason to bet anything other than Zion for Rookie of the Year? And if you were banking on that, I still know where you go with your money. You might as well just go for a, an extreme long shot if you're not going Zion. You, uh, but it's gonna be Zion. Zion is gonna. He's probably gonna be putting up. Yeah. Twenty and close to twenty and ten and a couple blocks a game, instantly. He's, and he's a good passer already too. I mean, he's a, he's really good at passing passing out of of double teams and, obviously, he's a great playmaker. So it's it's gonna be fun. Um, uh, I want to see Zion make that pass LeBron made last night in year seventeen of his career. But yeah, so next week's gonna be awesome, man. We'll uh, we'll talk more then, and thank you everyone for listening. Me too. Uh, We'll uh, talk to all of you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everybody. Last weekend without basketball.